Hey, good morning. It's really good having you here with us as we continue on our series called The Appraisal of All Things as we go through the book of Philippians uh, this, this summer. And I'm going to invite you to open up right now to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to do uh, two verses, uh, verses 8 and 9. You know, this has really been um, a series that has, has marked even transformation in my life as I prepared for it and as I preached it. And uh, I, I really have sensed from you that God is working in a lot of ways as, as you connect your life and align your life to his word. That's really powerful. It's transformational in our lives. And we've entitled it The Appraisal of All Things just so we can be like uh, we just sang, where, where Jesus can be Lord of all in our lives. Not just Lord of little things, not Lord of an hour and 15 minutes a week, but Lord of all. That's what we're after. We're after a passionate relationship with Christ where he, we, we appraise everything compared to who he is. He's our comparison, not people around us, not our, our workmates, not people who live next to us, not even people who've gone before us in our family. No, we're, we compare ourselves to Christ. And what we find is we find someone we want to just pursue after and pour our lives into. And so we're called, we're called and, and invited each week into an, a journey to engage Christ and to um, endure through suffering with Christ and to excel, as Paul says in verse uh, 27 of chapter 1, excel in a life uh, that's worthy of the gospel. And, and that's what I want my life to be. I want my life to be one that just reflects more and more the gospel of grace through, through Jesus Christ. And uh, last week we talked about maturing and what the mature believer looks like. We're continuing this week. We're talking about, you know, we're going to call you to, to grow up. And, you know, we're not, we're not going to want to, you know, just load and heap shame and guilt on you. That is not what this is all about. But every once in a while we need, um, we need a life-giving exhortation to pursue Christ and to start acting more like Christ and imitating, as Paul says, imitate him as he imitates Christ. And that's what we want to do. And so uh, wherever you're at, we're going to call you to, to mature in Christ this morning. So let's just take a look at these two verses. It's only two this morning. But I, you know, as we unpack this, it is profound what could happen if we all believed this and lived this. Uh, the world would be different. Life would be different as we know it if we all believed this and, and lived it. Let's read it. It says this in verse 8 of Philippians chapter 4. It says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. There's two lines I want you to underline in your Bibles. One is think about these things. And the second one is practice these things. Because right now, Paul is going to engage our minds. That's what this whole passage is about, is, is that Jesus could be actually Lord of our minds. And I think this is, this is incredible, because on a given day, we have very little recognition to the power of our thoughts. Thoughts are incredibly powerful, and I want to put out a principle for us to, to try to explore, and that is, what I think determines how I act. 
Did you ever realize that? Because many times when we get into a spiritual environment, and many times when we think about our relationship with the Lord, we kind of think, well, what have I done? We think about our acts, don't we? And if I've lived a life that's been pretty good, I feel pretty good about myself. If I haven't cursed or swear, if I haven't gotten drunk, if I haven't, you know, abused drugs, if I haven't, you know, hit my wife or something, then I'm okay in my morality. And, and I look at my life and what do I need? What actions do I need to ask forgiveness for as I look at the actions of my life? But what, what we're called here is actually a, a, a whole new realm that's so much a part of us that we like to keep and we just like to be responsible for our actions. Paul is saying it's our thoughts. It's our thoughts. What we think determines how we act. It's a whole new realm. Because even before there's actions, there's thoughts that seed actions. Let me just give you a quick little uh, dissection of the anatomy of our actions. Our thoughts produce ideas. Our ideas produces a plan. A plan, an action... And an action repeated is called a practice in our lives. And a practice repeated lands us up in a destination. And let me just explain this a little bit because this is, this is key. You're walking through the mall and you look at one of your favorite shops and you go, I like that. That's a thought. Where you see something and you like it. That's a thought. So an idea goes, I'd like to own that. And then the plan comes, how will I pay for that? Well, I have something that's called a plastic card in my pocket. And if I swipe that, it's interesting. Every time I swipe that, they give me things that I want. And so you go and you, that action of swiping the card and purchasing that item. And then you walk and you have your hand full with one bag. And then you look, this hand is empty. And so you look at another thing. You go, I want that. And, and the idea moves to a plan, to an action. And the practice happens so that they, at the end of the month, and you look at this thing called a credit card bill, which, lo and behold, you're held accountable for every time you swipe that little plastic card. You go, wow, what did I do? And $29.95 and $39.95 and, and, and $59.95. That could have been $129.95. You got the sale. But you realize it's more the bill is more than I made and you get into debt. And so your destination of debt really came from, I want that. That's how it started. We don't realize this. We tend to go, what did you want? What did you buy? You know, what did you buy? It's, it's, it's that action when before that action is a thought and we can kind of trace all of our actions. If we just worked our way back, we would realize there's a thought that seeded it. Jesus even spoke to it because our heart interacts with our mind. He said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Even before we speak, it's kind of gone. Three-year-olds kind of just process what's going on in their thoughts. And so they're, they're I'm, I'm tired, I'm hungry. You know, you get that. We, we're much more sophisticated. We, you know, we can show, we can have a good public, public uh, image here. But, but in reality, our minds are left and running wild. As long as I don't do that, I'm okay. It doesn't matter what I think. And, and scripture is really confronting our thoughts. It's a whole new realm. And I've realized, even in biblical preaching, we can focus on the actions of Christians. And we don't engage the thoughts of Christians. This is where we're called to love the Lord with all our mind. 
Not just filling it with knowledge, not just filling it with intellectual ability, but we're talking about what are we thinking? The appraisal of things in our lives. What are we thinking? We're held accountable for those also. And if you're like me, man, this is overwhelming that I'm held accountable to the Lord for my thoughts. I cannot, we cannot do this on our own. We need help. We need saving. And the only one who can save us is Jesus Christ. We need Christ to, to be. We need to take the mind of Christ. And we need to start thinking like Christ. Not just acting like Christ, but thinking like Christ. And so it, it reflects this principle about thinking about these things. And it, it gives us a kind of a pattern of how do we become mature in our minds. The first thing that it calls us to do is to know the mind of Christ. We're called into that. It, it kind of shares with us, just in that listing of eight things, what is the mind of Christ? mind of Christ is things that are true. We'll talk about them and go into detail later, but this is, this is something that, as a believer, my mind and your mind have been opened by Christ. If you put your faith in Christ, your mind has been given the mind of Christ. It's a gift that's given to us. When Jesus, after he resurrected and he was walking on this road to Emmaus with two, with some, with some disciples, um, he started explaining from the scriptures who he was and what he, what he came to do. And at once in Luke chapter 24, it says this, he opened their minds. You ever have an open mind opening experience where you start realizing, wow, I thought that. And I've been living like that because that's what I think. And to have truth revealed to you, just go, wow. And in my life, I go, how could I have been so stupid? And the reality is my mind just wasn't open to it. Well, Jesus did one of those things. It's just, that's part of the Christian life is that our minds are being renewed. And Paul talks about it in, in Romans chapter 12. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. This is important that we know the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says this, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. That's what Paul is saying. As a follower of Christ, you have the mind of Christ. So therefore, as a, as a believer, you need to engage the mind of Christ on a daily basis. That's why Paul writes in, in chapter 3, verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. He wanted to know who Christ was. And he wanted to know him in all these environments of his life. life. Even at, uh, at a passage that we went through, we kind, of, we kind of skimmed through it. But in chapter 2, verse 5, he says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. That's something. Jesus, Jesus, think about, think about God wanting to give you more and more of his mind each day. Him wanting to give you more wisdom if you'll only engage him and only, he's not going to just throw it on you if you're not interested in it. Those who seek him, he always gives you the desires of your heart. You want more of yourself, more of your life, more implosion of yourself, he'll give you that. You want more of him, you seek after him, he gives you it. You get more of who he is. And in this passage, the destination of a mind set on Christ is the peace of God. 
That's what he wants. He wants that peace, that shalom in your life to rule. Not for you to be swayed and thrown about in this world, but for you to be confident and courageous in the Lord. And so we're called to do that. We're called to know the mind of Christ. Knowing the mind of Christ, we're called to take every thought captive and to make it obedient to Christ. Look at in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. One of my favorite passages that really helps me think more like Christ. It's, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Some kind of view, this is just more of an apologetic uh, of, of why we, why we study apologetics. And it is. We want to know true wisdom and we want to be able to debate this, the, the, the thought systems of this world. But you know, this is also a very personal thing because there's ideas and thoughts that you have that are not true, that are not godly. And, and those need to be destroyed and those need to, to, dis, to, to tear down any lofty opinion you have of yourself. Any pride or arrogance that I have or that you have, they need to be obedient to Christ. We're called to that in our thought lives. Arguments, lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of God. That's why we have to really move to the second step of what this passage calls us. We don't just know it. We process the mind of Christ. Look at what it says in verse 8. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, here's that phrase, think about these things. Well, I want you to look at that word think in English there. In Greek, it's called logizomai. And not that it means anything, but think logizomai. It, the, the, the English word that comes from that is logic. Be logical about this. Think about your logistics and what your mind is thinking. And what you'll find is that this, this word <clears throat> actually means that have, make an appraisal of your thoughts. And, and make sure that they're consistent with the mind of Christ. And, and realize... Cut a a thought short if it's leading to the wrong destination. That's what it's saying when it says, think about these things. Not just have happy thoughts about Jesus. We're talking about processing the mind of Christ. So let's do some practice on this. This is really where intelligence and wisdom are differentiated. Because you can know a ton about the Bible. You can know a ton about even the philosophies of this world and pride yourself on how well you do with that, but to really know and understand Christ. That's why um, Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, let, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength or the rich man boast in his riches, but let he who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I'm the Lord. That's what we're called into, to know and to understand the Lord. And as we process this, this is, is, let's just process some of these words. Whatever is true. Are your thoughts true? I read an article this week, 92% of the things we worry about are not based on fact. 92% of the things that are eating our lunch on fear and worry is not based on fact. Is it true or is it 
not. Well, I don't think they like me. They're out to get me. I just know they're out to get me. Well, have you sat down with them and asked them, are they trying to get you? Well, they'd never say it, but I know if I did, they would. And so you process and you overprocess and you reprocess all those situations and you worry and you fear. When we're called to think whatsoever is true, God is true. There's nothing false about him. He's the giver of all truth. To seek the mind of Christ is to seek the things that are true. The Spirit's role in our lives is to guide us into truth. So we need to be people who pursue the truth. We may be tempted in a distortion of the truth. Some call it white lies. I just call it lying. (laughs) That's what it is. It either is. It's kind of like you're not a little bit pregnant. You either are or you aren't. And we've got to come to terms. This is true. And we can rationalize truth if we're not careful. If we're trying to protect something about ourselves, I can do it and you can do it. And we need to man up or woman up and we need to to go, no, that's not true. Because Satan is the author of lies. And he deceives us in the truth. So we need to seek the truth. How do you seek the truth? God shares his mind with us through his word. We've got to be connected to his word. So many times Christians, even Christians say, well, I'd like to think it means this. I'd like to think, what does God think? Come on, let's just, let's just go to the source. God has been sharing his mind for hundreds of years with people. It's not like it's just, well, I wonder what God, no, God's shown us. He's not shown us everything there is to know about him, but he's shown us the most important things he wants us to know. We need to seek him. So what is your time like in the truth, the word? Is it distant? Do you just rely on me to feed it to you? Folks, we have got... If it's going to be in our thoughts, we need to know them. We need to know them. If it's going to be something we process in our lives, we've got to get in the Word. That's how we logizomai, these things. We process them. Whatsoever is honorable. Is what I'm thinking honorable? Does it bring honor to God? Does it bring honor to others? Oh, come on, Joe. I'm just supposed to be, to be uh, held accountable for what comes out of my mouth, not what I'm thinking. Ah, what, what I think determines how I act. You know, we aren't people anymore who just say what we think all the time. We save that for Facebook, you know? Are, are, is this honorable? Is this something that brings honor to the people around, to 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 jesus is it just is it righteous is it fair is it a good is it a good appraisal of things is it pure versus unpure or corrupted is it lovely we kind of leave that to our british friends to say it's a lovely don't we no but that's a that's a good thing is it a beautiful thought you've been around someone who's shared a beautiful thought with you and you go That's a beautiful thought. Bill Horn says that a lot. It's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful thoughts. Is is it uh, commendable? In other words, could your thought be repeated by someone else and bring glory to God? Could it be remembered? Is it something worth remembering? Can it be admired? We, we have these moments every once in a while. It's not like we're, we're total strangers to this. We have, we have moments when what we think has changed and it totally, totally radically changes 
things in our lives. I had a friend who went to Duke University, played on the, the final four basketball team, and I got to go back with him to Duke. And we met Coach K, and, and it was just an awesome experience. But one of the highlights of my time walking with him was as we stopped at one place right outside his dorm, and he said, at that place, I realized I wanted to be a true follower of Christ. I wanted Jesus to be Lord over everything in my life. And I just went back to that time of that transformation of his mind. We made that decision. He logizomide who he was and who, who Christ is, and he chose Christ. And it radically changed everything about his life from that point on. It, we have those moments when it's commendable. And then if there's anything excellent, any excellence, may our minds think about things that are excellent. I mean, really, that we appraise and we look out of everything of who God is, that is excellent. And if there's anything worthy of praise, that, that it would be, it would bring glory to God. Are my thoughts doing that? Well, it says, think about these things. Because a mature believer, that's what discernment is. It's processing your mind against the mind of Christ. Some of us have had key people who've influenced our lives and, and they've passed on. And, and we go, I wonder what my dad would think about that one. I wonder what my mom would think about that. Sometimes they don't even have to pass on. We're just moved and motivated by what people would think about us when we're really called into, what does Jesus think about this? And you have a heavenly father who is generous with wisdom. And generous with, with discernment. And he wants you to have more and more of his mind. If you'd only seek it. So the mature know the mind of Christ. The mature process the mind of Christ. And then this final thing. The mature practice the mind of Christ. It's not just something that we go, okay, that is right. And I believe that that's right. It's no, now I will do right. This is where the, the action is moved from the thought. Look at verse 9. He says, Whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. What we're talking about, I love how he pairs it here. He goes, What you've learned and received, heard and seen. This is really what the whole New Testament concept describes as discipleship is all about because when you became a disciple of someone you endeared your life to them to live around them to process the world around them and not just to be more intellectually correct but to be actually your life would be more reflective of what you believe and what he's saying is what you've learned from me You've also received it. You can learn a ton of stuff in a class and spit it out for a test and ace the test, but you still haven't received it. What you need to, when you receive something, you go, no, that's going to be my pattern. That's how I'm, go I'm going to live. It's not just going to be saying, you know, it's not ideological, you know, truth. It is it's truth that I actually believe and am and living. And then he said, what you've heard me say and seen in me. That's called inside out. That, that means you're the same person in front of a crowd that you are behind the scenes in your life. You're public and you're private. There's not a huge difference there. And that's what Paul could say. That's why he could say, 
you know, join me, brothers, join in imitating me and those who walk according to this, which he did in chapter three. He calls us into being a community of people who imitate Christ so that as we influence and and help disciple people around us, they're not just hearing it from our mouths, they're seeing it in our lives. We're called to do that if we practice the mind of Christ. Facts in the head must be true in our hearts so that we can practice them with our hands. That is called Christian living. And it's total. It's a total discipleship. It's holistic. It's not piecemeal. And some of us are really good at learning. And so we pride ourselves on learning more and more and more and more. And we get to at the end of the day, it's what I know. And we're called to continue that. We're called to continue that in, in then processing it and logizomizing it in our, in our lives. So we're processing it and saying, okay, how is my life compared to Christ? How am I showing more of Christ and less of myself? And then some of us really have that and we're really good and we're good at practical thoughts. And we know the answers when someone says, what, what should I do? We spit out that wisdom to them, but our private lives are a mess. And our wives are wondering, when will this guy actually start living the way he's preaching on Sunday? And the reality is it's holistic. We gotta call it. We can't, we can't honor one without, without calling our lives to complete the picture. Our lives need to be surround sound of the gospel. We need to be consistent with that. The mature know and process and practice the mind of Christ. We just don't think about truth. We live it. We don't just know what's truth. We tell the truth and live the truth in our lives. We don't just know what's honorable, but we are honorable in our lives. That there is a difference. That's a sad thing about the church in America, folks. There's very little difference when you're away from this room on the way we're living. And we're called to imitate Christ. And we can all try to be good and do the right thing. But the reality is, is what are we thinking? This really gets into the, the grill of who we are. And we're called into this, folks. We got to all, you know, make our thoughts. We, we got to do some appraisal of our thoughts. So some questions I have as we close. Are your thoughts, are they trained on Christ or are they running out of control? Because if you're like me on a given day, if I don't take time to really make my thoughts accountable to Christ, my thoughts run out of control. And it's usually tyranny of the urgent. Some of the things I start to worry about right away, it's, I start reacting, I don't respond, and I don't really think. And then I look at the end of the man, just appraise what I've done, not what I've thought. And we're called through the scriptures to think differently. To think the mind of Christ. So what thoughts have been determining your actions? What thoughts have been determining? Look at that list. Have thoughts of truth, honor, justice, purity, love, commendable things, excellent things, things worthy of praise. Have those been in our thoughts, your thoughts? Last night, I had a bunch of people go, boy, this is, man, I I was getting nudges throughout this whole thing. You know, people, my wife, my husband. Let's just think about yourself right now. Think about yourself. Yes or no? Don't you want more of Christ? We kind of promote, live like Jesus. You got to think 
like Jesus. That's where it all starts, to start thinking like Christ. And so a change in direction needs to happen in our lives. What do we input into our thoughts? What determine our thoughts? I'm pretty visual. So you put something in front of me and that's going to promote a lot of thoughts. So I've got to be careful what my eyes see and where my eyes go because it, it generates a ton of thoughts. Some of you may be more uh, audio, you know, uh, audio where, where what you hear just you know, gets a lot of thoughts so you remember phrases a whole lot more than you you think of pictures whatever you are i mean whatever your you, how are you how are you governing what you're seeing what you're listening to see that's why it's so key to start our day where we're listening to the mind of christ some of our first thoughts we're hearing are the mind of christ getting into the word i don't want to be legalistic on this but frankly you really need to be in the word every day because we're not going to get this of ourselves. We've got to get this from God. God is going to give us more of the mind of Christ as we seek him. Psalm 101.3 says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. It's a great commitment on what's determining my thoughts. Secondly, what are the destination of my thoughts? If thoughts lead to actions and actions lead to destinations... Then, then what's the destination? What's the logical destination of some of my thoughts? When I'm in worry and when I'm fear, you know the, the destination of that? It's complacency. It's passivity. It's processing, over-processing, sharing. It's gossiping. If I have had thoughts of um, disrespect towards someone or I've been hurt by someone, the destination of my thoughts sometimes can go right towards gossip. Did you hear what they said? Did you hear what they did? Or look at, I heard, and we go to gossip, the destination. We go to a place we don't want to be because we haven't brought on the mind of Christ. If the destination of my thought is, if I've been selfish with my thoughts... Then, then my life is going to, the destination of my life is going to be that people exist to serve me. That this world is all about my comfort. And you rob yourself of the mind of Christ. If, if my thoughts are going to be on lust, then my destination for many men in America is porn. For many men in America, it's going to be the losing of dignity for women. That women exist to serve me or to satisfy me or to please me, totally against the mind of Christ, which values a woman because she is created in the image of God. We don't realize it. We just think, when's the last time you've looked at porn? No. When's the last time you thought about or treated a woman that way? Folks, we've got to come down to the root of some of the issues that we're talking about here. Because the destinations, we've got to be willing to say, this thought leads to that. And that's a shipwreck in my life. And I don't want to do I've got to change course. My mind, I need to train my mind on Christ. And I talked about a bunch of them, but certainly it's not exclusive to these things I've talked about. Everything that's eating our lunch has thoughts that leads to the places that we won't, don't want to be. What are the destinations? And now, what are the decisions I need to make? We need to appraise my thoughts to see their destination. We need, we need to realize that these destinations either, either lead to the peace of God or the peril of life. And we need to be able to be willing to have the guts, to have the courage to start changing directions with my thoughts. 
Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23, he said, verse 37, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is where we engage him with our minds, loving him. That means when we want a new mind, we we simply ask, God, I need to think differently about this. I need your word to guide me. Would you make me sensitive to the times where my thoughts get derailed? And we're looking and we're relying on the Holy Spirit who God has given us to show us the mind of Christ. He's that close to us. He's in us to guide us into truth if we will ask him to do that. Folks, a church that thinks differently acts differently. And the destination actually shows, has the possibility and, and the potential to show this whole city, this whole country, more of the mind of Christ. Two verses. Hugely transformational. But the, the whole picture of our vision for the church is that we see, when we, we look at what God could do with us, we see transformed lives leaving godly legacies. That's what we see in each one of you. If you're in a family, if you're single, that's what we see. We want every one of you to have a transformed life, leaving a godly legacy in the people around you. That's what we pray for. And it can't happen if our minds are set on, this, uh, set on earthly things. We've got to be set on Christ. Let's pray and ask for that to happen in our lives. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are not interested in a uh, Sunday-only, hour-and-15-minute relationship with us. You have called us um, to engage you, to love you with all of ourselves, our hearts, our souls, and our minds. Um, Heavenly Father, as I've prepared this, and as I, each time I preach this, and even hear the words on, uh, come out, out of my mouth, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed at uh, your love for us and, and the invitation that you give us to take on the mind of Christ. Would you give us a greater appetite for your thoughts? They really aren't our thoughts. They're your thoughts, and we want more of your thoughts in our lives. I pray that as we uh, look at applying this passage this week, that you would just focus us on just even one of those eight things that are listed there. Because when we pursue even just one of your thoughts... We get the other ones thrown in. Thank you for being generous with us and gracious. Move us now to have a greater appetite for your thoughts than we do ours. That we might be people who live the mind of Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.